I want to talk to you this Christmas about not being afraid. If you have a Bible, go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Yeah, you can make some noise. Do not be afraid. These are the words that are spoken throughout the Christmas story. And every year on Christmas, I always think about how to look at this story through a different perspective. And as I was praying this last week, I felt the Holy Spirit say, people need to be reminded that even though there's many reasons to be afraid, that the Christmas message, at the core of the Christmas message are these words that the angel spoke, that God spoke, do not be afraid, that we have a reason not to fear. Fear and faith both ask the same question, to believe in something that hasn't happened yet. Fear asks us to believe that things are gonna get worse, that somehow we aren't gonna make it, that we won't have enough money this year, that somehow things are gonna get bad in our health or our kids' health or our friends' health, that, that, that things are only gonna get worse and worse in our nation, the economy, and the world. But faith asks the opposite, to believe that God is going to provide, that God is going to protect, that God is going to be faithful, that God is working all things together for good. Everybody say, do not be afraid. Luke chapter one, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. By the way, Joseph and Mary came through the family lineage of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, Solomon, Bathsheba, Rahab, Boaz, Ruth. You may not know those names or maybe you've been in church long enough to know some of those names. But the truth is the family tree of Jesus was very messy, very dysfunctional. These family members from his past had a lot of problems, which I love that God is willing to show up and work through a family that wasn't perfect. Any imperfect families in the room today that you are thankful for the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God, that God shows up in families that need his hope and need his peace and mercy. And so the angel comes to speak to this young girl named Mary in verse 28. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When Mary heard these words, she, would, she was troubled at his saying. She considered what manner of greeting this was from an angel. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? In other words, she said, how can this happen? when it doesn't make sense logically or naturally that I could conceive a child. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. By the way, God is more attracted to our weakness and our brokenness than he is our strength and our accomplishments. This is why the angel said, God's gonna do what you cannot do. God's going to work in ways that you cannot work, that no man on earth could make happen. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then the angel goes on to say, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called 
barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Church, God is still doing the impossible. He is still doing the miraculous. You know, as I thought about this past week, things that people could be worried about this Christmas, maybe it's money, maybe it's work, maybe it's family or tricky relationships at home. Christmas is a time that can stir up anxiety for a lot of people, stress. By the way, on a scale of one to 10, what's your stress level right now? Seven, 10, 11, anybody? 12, 13, 1,000, yeah? <laughs> Who's at a one right now? Anybody at a one? Good, good for you, we love you. You know, I, I was trying to build something on my kid's treehouse this past week, and I hammered my pinky. I don't know if you could see this, but my pinky turned purple, and I got some major pinky problems. But when I did it, I was reminded that God understands my pain. God understands my pain because Christmas reminds me that God has been there. He's been here. He understands our hurts. He understands our wounds because he walked our sod. He breathed our air. He understands our pain. I can talk to him about hard times, tough times, deadlines. I could talk to him about my pinky problems. Because of Christmas, I understand God is with me. God is for me. And yet our world is still full of fear. The top 10 fears of 2023 this year, I looked up on Google. They did a, a, a survey with thousands of people. What are you most afraid of? The number one fear is corruption and government officials. The number two fear is economic financial collapse, inflation. People are afraid. What used to cost a dollar is now $2. I went to go buy a cup of uh, coffee this past week. And where I used to spend $4 on this coffee, which is still way too expensive, they were charging $7.25. I said, guys, what's going on? Why are we charging? They said, well, everything's going up. How many of y'all just been frustrated with the inflation going on? You're like, what is happening? Why is it so much? And when we look at these things, it can stir up fear. The number three fear is Russia using nuclear weapons, right? The fear of what's going on in Israel and Hamas and terrorism. Then there's the fear of another world war, right? World War III. The number five fear is people I love becoming seriously ill, right? This fear of losing your loved ones or the fear of dying yourself. The fear of pollution in our drinking water, the fear of biological warfare, cyber terrorism, right? The, 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 the enemy just using all of our social media and all this stuff that's going on right now online and chat GPT and AI and all this stuff. And then there's the fear of just not having enough, running out, running out. We can relate to this little boy in this Christmas program. I heard this story. He had rehearsed his lines with his mom over and over. He was playing the part of the angel Gabriel. And he would rehearse his lines with his mom. It is I, do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. But when the Christmas play started, he walked out on stage, he saw the crowd, the lights were shining in his face and he froze as he was looking at the people. And he said, it is me and I am afraid. And I understand his pain. Last night at our Christmas Eve service, our kids were on the floor and they were talking and they were coloring and eating the communion and we were trying to stop it, trying to light the candles too soon. Then I looked out and I saw faces I hadn't seen in a while and people that made me nervous. I, I don't know why, but Christmas Eve, it just makes me nervous. I'm like, who's coming that hasn't been to church in a long time? And I pray it's the right message. And I shared a joke and it didn't land well. It was awkward. And I was like, it is me, I am afraid, right? 
afraid of people or afraid of not being enough, afraid of coming up short, afraid of not being able to feel my dad's shoes, afraid that things aren't gonna go out well. And, and the enemy can stir up all kinds of fears and insecurity and a, a sense of stress and anxiety. But the Christmas story reminds me that I don't have to be perfect for God to love me, that I don't have to be perfect in the eyes of you or anybody, that God looks down on the world for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And I wanna give you four reminders from the Christmas story that help us to overcome fear. The first reminder is look up. Everybody say, look up. When the angel spoke to Mary, she had to look up. I think the reason this boy froze on stage is he was looking down at the crowd. What do they think? What are they gonna say? But when we look up, Think about those shepherds that were out in the field watching their flocks at night in Luke chapter two. And the angels appeared in the sky and they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. For today in the town of David, a savior has been born. The angels were telling the shepherds, look up, look up. Because so often we're looking down and we're looking around and we're looking at what's going on in the economy and inflation and our problems and our circumstances and our health and we're searching on Google, what's going on out there? And we need to look up. We need to stop looking here on earth to find peace because the only peace comes from the perfect savior who is up above and he came as the prince of peace for us. Look up. In Matthew chapter one, the man who was betrothed to be married to Mary his name was Joseph. And Joseph too had his own fears. It says that when she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1 verse 18, Joseph found this out. We don't know how he found out, but once he found out, he did not trust that this baby came from the Holy Spirit. He thought his girlfriend had slept with somebody else. And he decided, I'm going to end this relationship, right? He didn't wanna make a public spectacle, so he was going to do it quietly. And he was thinking about this in verse 20 when he fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not, say it with me, do not be afraid. The angel was saying, do not be afraid of things that don't make sense. Do not be afraid of uncertainty. Do not be afraid of God's plan, God's purpose. It might feel scary. It might feel uncomfortable. It might not make sense to you or other people, but do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Number two, listen up. Four reminders this Christmas. Number one, look up. Number two, listen up. We need to get faith and faith comes by hearing the word of God. We need to stop listening to so many other voices that are trying to speak fear. I was on the platform X, which used to be Twitter this past week. And when I was on it, I was looking at a, a, a news video that popped up and it was about Israel and it was about Hamas and it was about universities in our country that were not willing to take a stand against calls for genocide against the Jewish people, which is so wrong. But when I was listening to this news anchor, he said, um, we should be afraid. We should be very, very afraid. We should be scared, 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 scared. And I was listening to him and I was starting to feel the fear because the voice you listen to will determine the feelings you begin to feel. And if I'm always listening to voices that stir up anxiety, stress, fear, toxicity, negativity, divisiveness, then I'm going to listen to those. It's going to stir up something in my heart. That's why we need to listen up. Everybody say, listen up. Listen up to the word of God. Because of Christmas, his voice shouts peace on earth. 
goodwill towards all men. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because of Christmas, his presence has come down to earth. He walks with us. He lives inside of us. We don't have to be afraid. Let's go to Luke chapter two, verse one. The culmination of this moment after Joseph decided to stay with Mary, they would have to travel to Bethlehem. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to register, each one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. This was an 80-mile journey. Y'all, just think about husbands and wives in the room, boyfriends and girlfriends. Um, We're all human, right? If you had to travel 80 miles, and ladies, you were nine months pregnant, and your man is walking with you, you're probably gonna have some conversations that aren't all perfect, right? And then you get to Bethlehem and there's no room in the inn. And you're literally, the baby is about to be born. Ashton and I, we've had five kids. I mean, she was the one that birthed them, but I was right there holding her hand. And I'm telling you, it can get stressful. There could be a lot of fear. But when they got to Bethlehem, because Joseph was from the house of David, there was no room in the inn. They would have to give birth to this baby in a barn-like area the nativity area. And this baby would be laid in a manger. Now, I went to Israel this year, one month before Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. We were there in September. My mom and I and group from our church. And we went to Bethlehem. And I met a shepherd right there in Bethlehem. We were walking the streets. And I was talking to the shepherd and he said, you know that the manger was not a wooden stable, right? I said, what are you talking about? He said, it wasn't wooden. It wasn't made of wood. It was made of stone. That's how mangers were made back then. That this baby, the, ch- the son of God, was laid in a humble place made of stone. And this baby was wrapped in cloths, but there wasn't hay in that manger. He said, it was, he was laid right there on the rock. The rock of our salvation laid on the rock. But then he said this, he said, now you need to know that the angel, when the angel came to the shepherds in Luke chapter two, verse 13, he said that the angel announced that today a son has been born to you, right? The heavenly host praising God and you will find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Now he said, this is important to shepherds because shepherds, anytime a spotless lamb was born, Most of the sheep that they had were speckled and had spots on them. But if there was a spotless lamb, it was very rare. And those lambs were reserved and preserved for atonement sacrifices that the children of Israel had to make. And so they would take that spotless lamb and they would place it in a stone manger that they would preserve away from the other sheep. So when the shepherds heard the word from the angels that today you will find the Savior, lying in a manger. To them it registered, this is the atonement for our sins. This is the spotless lamb. This is the only perfect person who's ever been born, fully God, fully man, for you and for me, for the lowly shepherds. My friends, Jesus didn't just come to stay in a manger. He went to the cross so that you and I could be forgiven, so that you and I could be made righteous. There is nothing I can do to purchase my holiness or righteousness. There's not enough good behavior my kids could do to make themselves holy. It is only through the blood of Jesus that any one of us in this room are saved and forgiven and have a path towards heaven. 
We can't be good enough to make ourselves righteous. Our righteous acts are filthy rags. But because of that spotless lamb, the son of God, I can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. Your kids can be forgiven. Your prodigal son can be forgiven. This past year, one of our kids got lost and we were searching for him. We were like, where are you? Where are you? Looking everywhere. Where are you? It scared me. When you lose a kid, it can be scary. You know, the Bible says that the the good shepherd will leave the 99 to go and search for that one lost sheep. And I just want to tell someone here today, maybe you feel like the lost sheep. Maybe you feel like the, the black sheep. Maybe you feel like the one that's drifted from God. You've done things your own way. You're not maybe in the right place with God, not doing what you should do. God loves you so much. There is no sin you could commit that would, that would be too big for his blood on the cross to forgive today, to redeem today, to reconcile. All you got to do is call on the name of the Lord to turn from your sin and say, Jesus, I need you. And here's the third reminder this Christmas, and that is lift up, lift up. When the shepherds lifted up the name of Jesus, when the wise men lifted up their hearts to Jesus, there's something about surrender that breaks fear in our life. When I lift my heart up to God, fearing God sets me free from the fear of everything else. Worshiping God, what you worship, what you meditate on, what you fix your focus on. This is why Paul the apostle said, fix your thoughts on things above. Because the things on earth are growing strangely dim. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. The trends of today won't be here tomorrow. And the things that stir up fear today, there's always gonna be new things under the sun to stir up fear and anxiety. But the Savior is worthy of your worship. And when you begin to worship, fear loses its power. See, fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. But worship corrodes our fear about tomorrow's problems. When I begin to worship God, fear has to bow at the name of Jesus. Anxiety has to bow at the name of Jesus. Sin and shame have to bow at the name of Jesus. He came to break every chain. He came to set the captives free. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes today before we take communion. If you're here and you need his forgiveness, you need his salvation, you need his peace. You need things to be made right in your heart between you and God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, just raise your hand. Today is your day to say, I repent. I need Jesus. Hands going up all over this room. Before we take communion, communion is a holy, sacred moment between you and God. And it's so important to examine your heart. If there's sins you need to repent of today, just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to leave your seat. I'm just going to ask you to acknowledge it with God today. If you're here today and you've never let Jesus be Lord of your life and you want to make that decision, raise your hand. Today's your day to be saved, to be forgiven. I'm going to ask us all to say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe in you, that you left heaven and you came to earth and you gave your life on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus took the bread, and we're going to take our communion right now. If you don't have communion elements, raise your hand. Our ushers will bring it to you. But Jesus took that bread with his disciples and that last supper, and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Take and eat this bread and remember that I have sacrificed my life for your sins. Let's take the bread today and eat it and remember what Jesus did.
Then he took the cup and he said, I'm making a new covenant with you. It's not based on what you can do. It's not based on how good you've been, but it's based on the love of Jesus Christ. It's based on what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. He said, my blood is poured out for you. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Today, as we drink this juice, let's remember that the blood of Jesus has washed away our sins. Would you stand to your feet all over this place? Our ushers are going to pass a bag down the road. You can drop the communion element in that plastic bag, and then we're gonna pull our candles out. And this is my last point right here. The fourth reminder this Christmas to not be afraid is to light up. Look up, listen up, lift up, and light up. Jesus is the light of the world. And as we light our candles, we're going to sing and remind ourselves that his light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overpower it. The darkness cannot put it out. No matter what's going on in your life, in our world, in our nation, in the economy, there is no darkness that is too big for the light of Jesus Christ. And when he shines in us, he wants us to shine in our families, in our homes, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our apartment complexes, our communities, our universities, our schools, our campuses, that God wants us to carry his light to a world that needs hope, that needs the gospel. So as you light your candle, light your neighbor's candle. And as we light these candles, keep an eye on your kids, by the way, as they're lighting candles too. And we're going to sing together these songs about Jesus.
Oh 
you're so worthy. Just in your own words, while your candle is still lit, just declare his worthiness. Let him know what you're thankful for. Allow the Holy Spirit in this room to minister to the depths of your heart, from the front to the back, from those who are watching online. The Holy Spirit is here. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is here in this place. He is ministering to your heart. He is speaking to your fears. Just begin to magnify Him above every fear, above every worry, above every situation. Declare His goodness, declare His greatness. If you haven't had the opportunity to look around, church, go ahead and do that. Just look around at the beautiful sight of everyone lighting their candles in the midst of a what would be a dark room with, as the lights are turned off. When they turn off, this room gets very, very dark. Very dark. And it's amazing how the power of light, the power of a match can light up the most darkest spaces, the most darkest rooms. And I just wanna encourage you as your candle is lit, just want you to now look at your own candle and let it be a memory of the power of light in your life. the power of the fire of God. John 1.5 says, then the light came and the darkness could not overcome it. Another translation says, and then the light came and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. I think that is powerful. The devil is real. And he desires to take out the fire of joy, the fire of peace. And when you choose to light a match, when you choose to rely on the hope of God, when you choose to cling to the promises of God, you confuse the devil himself. He cannot comprehend mighty men and women of God who choose to cling to the fire of God, who choose to light a match to call on the name of Jesus. When I think about the birth of our Savior, it had been 400, we just did a production that explained the story so creatively and powerfully about the birth of Jesus. It had been 400 years of silence before people had heard from God through prophets. 400 years and there's a, then there was the fulfillment of a promise, the birth of a savior. And that is what we're celebrating tomorrow. That is what we're celebrating today. 
let this candle be a reminder that God is not silent. That it was the birth of his Savior that answered the cries and the desperation. And he's still answering the cries and the desperate hearts. Church, I want to stir up your hope today. Again, if we turned off the lights, if we blew out our candles in this room and it was just pitch black, it would be pretty dark. And I know some of you are facing some dark situations. You feel hopeless. Maybe some of you, this is your first Christmas experiencing the lack of someone's presence that meant a lot to you. Paul has lost his dad. I lost my mom two years ago. Obviously, obviously she's in heaven, but Christmases without people that you love are, are not the same. But can I tell you in dark moments that we always have a light, that we can always light a match, and it's our choice. It's our choice to light our match in our darkest spaces. But because God sent his one and only son, we have that choice. No matter what you walk into this week or no matter what you're walking into in the following days, we just wanna encourage you to light your match, to call on the name of Jesus because he loves you and he cares for you. I wanna pray for every person here with your head bowed, and your eyes closed and you're here today and you're facing a dark situation. Something that I said or something that was spoken in service today really ministered to your heart. And you need to call on the name of Jesus in what seems like a hopeless situation. Can you just raise your hand? I wanna pray for you. Yes, I see your hands. Lord, I just pray right now for the spirit of hope, God, to anchor every heavy heart I thank you, Father God, that you're providing for them, that you're showing them that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the life. I thank you, Father God, for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is in this room. God, that the birth of our Savior also, God, birthed the peace that surpasses all understanding. The Prince of Peace, God, because of your Son, it made peace possible. Lord, I thank you for peace in every heart. God, those who are inviting you into situations this morning, I thank you that you're gonna intervene on their behalf, on their family's behalf, on their kids' behalf. Lord, I pray for an accelerated miracle in Jesus' mighty name. Those who are calling on the name of Jesus, you will come to their aid, God. You are their helper in time of need. You are their rock, God. We choose to light the match, to believe in your promises. Thank you for supernatural joy in this place, God. Those who are experiencing loss and grief of any kind, God, I just ask you to minister to their hearts and to remember the power of your light they are not without hope if they have you. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many of y'all received that today?
come on. Well, you can blow out your candle, but keep the light shining bright as you go into Christmas this year. Remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. We love you. Merry Christmas. Don't miss next weekend. We have our final services of the year. New Year's Eve services next Saturday, 5, next Sunday, 9 and 11. Bring someone with you. God bless you.